I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And welcome to the first ever episode of TDPS Presents Christopher and Eric. Yes, that's the order we're going to do it in. And they can't see your face at home, but it's a... Wow. Yeah. You're trying to head me off again, are you? <laughs> Christopher once again tries to prevent me from having thoughts and comments on stuff. I'm not sure why we'd want to do a podcast if that was actually going to be an effective choice. you're heading off my most logical response to that statement, which is this new podcast was actually my idea <laughs> because I went to a live recording of My Favorite Murder in San Diego and I thought... I'm going to have to listen to. Yes, you should. Absolutely. Forced me to come back into the studio and do a podcast. Absolutely. Well, they are so funny. Because, you know, I'm so shy and retiring, and I hardly ever have anything to say. As evidenced by our previous incarnation, uh, the Dinner Party Show, which is very different from what we are going to be doing here and still exists. And, and is available all of the to stream episodes and download. Are... Yes, all the episodes are available at the same website where you can get this podcast. Uh, but very different. We did celebrity what interviews. Is that, oh, I forgot to mention the it's website. TheDinnerPartyShow.com? TheDinnerPartyShow.com. That is correct. You can also just type in TDPS.TV, yeah, that... and it goes to TheDinnerPartyShow.com. Because there was that moment where we were going to do We the, were going to become a big YouTube the channel. The YouTube channel thing, and then... The Vampire Chronicles happened. We got but a television bef- series. Before so... we start talking about that, I okay. do have to tell you, TDPS... the word. TDPS TV takes a little bit longer. We are working on our web with our web designer on why that is exactly. So if you don't want the page to take several seconds to load, do the dinnerpartyshow.com first. Because why not? Because why the f not? We're going to curse on this one too, though, right? I, I I'm sorry. I'm going to be leaving if we can't curse. <laughs> I, 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 let's get clear with this right up front. Ask Brandon, whoever you need to talk to about that. But if I can't say fuck, I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you brought up the Vampire Chronicles, which we cannot talk about in much detail, but we can say... So sorry. I just feel terrible. We're having a great time. We really are. But we really can't tell you what we're working on, but we're having a great time doing it. (laughs) The Vampire Chronicles, we're having a great time. And I will say that in pursuit of not keeping things secret, when we do have stuff to say, it will be posted on the Vampire Chronicles Facebook page. Yes, absolutely. It's verified, and that's us. Mm-hmm. If you find if you hear it from some other source, it may not be true. We had a rumor thing happen recently. Yes, I'm not going to repeat the rumor. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't true. And I don't want anybody to get disappointed. No. Because they heard a rumor. What, wasn't there a song? Didn't that used to be a song? Rumors. It sounds like the name of a, of a gay bar on a service road in a small southern city. Well, it absolutely is that. In, right. in fact, most small southern cities. But I think they're used... I heard a rumor. Like, I I feel like when Amy Heckerling wrote the version of... She wrote a, a draft of the movie version of... Say, Say Uncle, Uncle your never, wonderful novel. That we never made, but the novel is still available at Amazon.com. And um, it's very, very good. I've read it many times. It's really funny. Um, I, it still makes me cry. Eric um, makes me read it whenever I hurt his feelings. <laughs> That's right. Go read Say Uncle. Um, <laughs> but um, she did a, She made a joke about it. I have a tumor. Mm-hmm. There's a the, rumor she, Somebody that I singing. Have a tumor. I have a rumor. I can't remember. We'll have to look it up. 
Well, we should ask our listeners uh, who, uh, you know, what, what song are we talking about? Because the dinner party because show. We clearly don't because know. Because we, we've decided to center the <laughs> podcast around things that we don't know, anything, don't know about. anything about. It's called What Are We Talking About with Eric Shaw Quinn and Christopher Rice. TDPS presents Dilettantes <laughs> with Christopher and Eric talking about stuff they know absolutely nothing about. First, algebra. <laughs> Thing off. Okay, so we did have a conversation about what we were going to talk about on our first episode. We have our tagline, though, that's way more important, which comes from your mother, the immortal Jeannie Quinn, currently of South Carolina. <laughs> Although, let's be very clear, Eric Shaw Quinn is not from South Carolina, as That's I sometimes just, mistakenly we, claim. We literally just stopped moving when we got there. I don't know that I'm really from anywhere. <laughs> you are. I am from all places A and kinda. no places citizen at all. Of, yeah, the, yeah, citizen of the trailer park. Well, you were I, born in Germany, which is how we know that you are part German technology. You were born in Germany after the war. <laughs> After the war, I sometimes make the mistake of making Eric sound older than he is, and it makes for an unpleasant lunch after our recording session. It actually was the reason for the war. The reason I was for born the in war. Germany, and it, a war broke out as a direct result. No, it was um, written. I was born in Heidelberg, and then, but we left there when I was really young, less than a year probably, and but we lived all over. My parents just stopped. They didn't stop moving, but they stopped moving. You know <laughs> they I mean? stopped moving They're you. Still they left you in one place right. and just kept Actually, going. I'm the first kid on my block whose parents moved away from home. There was a point in the, <laughs> their moving where... My parents actually left, and I stayed in the <laughs> <laughs> Because they expressed affection for a TV show that did not rise That's to your right. exalted Get standards, out. and you exiled them from the house, took over the tea sets, commandeered the kitchen, redid the drapes, and made it a layer befitting a prince like Eric Jacquin. Since I'm talking about interior design, nice segue, we should probably talk about what it was like to come back to our studio here on the beautiful Sunset Strip after, let's say, a year of... We've been in and out for various reasons, but we haven't been I don't know actively. That neglect is the right word, but, <laughs> but it comes to mind. I think the tagline is "Should we drink this tea?" Or as our wonderful Brandon, who is back from the dinner party show and doing Thank our recordings God, we for would us, totally not be here. This would not be happening. His quote was, "Does this tea go? No, does tea go bad?" Which I think is a good question for our listeners as well. Does, it actually does. Does tea go bad? There is because... an expiration date on tea. Now, but what does that mean? Does it mean that the tea will poison you, or it just means it's not going to taste as good? <laughs> yeah, it's not like I left this. Uh, it's not like steak, old steak or something. You're not going to get tomain or something. It'll just be stale. It's right. like tobacco goes bad. Like I used to keep my cigarettes back in my smoking days. Mm. I used to keep them in the freezer. Yes. Like I would be able to keep cigarettes long enough for them to go stale. I'm <laughs> no. not sure what that was about. I also was used the to same keep way. vodka in the freezer. Like right. that's going to go bad before you finish it off. <laughs> Don't think that's going to happen, but whatever. It was a thing. There wasn't anything else in there, so why not? It wasn't like I was buying food or something. But yeah, no, I don't think you die from the, the tea. It's not going to become botulism. It's not going to become botulism oolong, the new, right. the popular new flavor at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the oolong but with less botulism? Um, a half botulism right. oolong? Um, you, uh, sources say you got stuck to the toilet seat in the bathroom. <laughs> You well, use it. <laughs> so it's going to be that kind of podcast. <laughs> well, it, it was. I think yes. It needs a. I think it needs a good going over in there. Also, there's um, 
the comes rinse with the apartment toilet paper is on the roller in there. And I'm like, yeah, not no. doing that either. We need to go back to um, the, uh, the, the charmin of my dreams. Yes. We both celebrated a birthday recently. Well, that sounds ominous. <laughs> it kind of is for me. I'm in my 40s now, well, so I'm going to talk like I'm in my 20s with this actually, weird voice. That You've actually been in your 40s for a while. Don't act like you just turned 40. <laughs> I turned 41. I haven't, I've been in my 40s for a year, bitch. Okay. But it's not like you just turned 40. Let's I know. Not, let's start shaving the years off now. But 40... Particularly if we're purporting that I was my birth was what caused World War II. <laughs> it is, though, <laughs> because it was written in a book that you were going to be born later. It was it was the buildup to your birth. <laughs> War broke out in advance of Eric Shawquin's birth and Heidelberg. Everything's for you, Eric. It's all for you, Eric Shawquin. No, um, 41 is a reminder that you're still in your 40s. It's like, oh, yeah, turning 40 was not not this isolated thing. You were actually in this new decade of age. I will tell you, I caught an angle in the mirror that was very 41 to me. And it really and I exercised a lot. Well, you are bland. But we had had two birthday celebrations in a row. We had had my birthday celebration. Yeah. There's been a lot of cake recently. A lot of cake? How were the jelly bean the donut jelly beans? I haven't tried them yet. They're not on my new newly installed diet that I went on five minutes ago. I was gonna say, because apparently cookies and uh Oreos and Yeah, we had we we brought our excess birthday cake to the office that we cannot talk ate about. It there no, but I wouldn't eat it. I ate the cookies. Cookies. I said I can't have cake. I'm gonna have the cookies. The cake's not on my diet, but the cookies, cookies are. On, the cookies only diet. Yeah, exactly. From Christopher Rice. <laughs> totally. So, um, I I swear to God, this week. Okay, so I go to Orange Theory, and I will not turn this podcast into Christopher talks about. I will. I may turn this episode into Christopher talks about his body issues and his physical anxieties. We shall. Because why should it. I be the only one to suffer? Absolutely. I won't turn the whole podcast into that. It won't become. But, an but orange... I may have to tie him to a chair and gag him at some point. Which actually is a new exercise at Orange Theory. Now that you mentioned it, right? yes, the gagging. So in the past, I've been going, I don't know, about two years or maybe three years, almost three years. And I had a Chad rule. Chad came in. Your friend Chad Hodge came in and looked great. And you asked, wasn't that how you started with the... Yeah, I was close. So close, Eric Shawquin. So close. But thanks for the prompt. He was going to a different uh, group fitness class out here called Training which Mate. Which went to and hated. Which I went to and hated. They're all Australian. Which means, I guess, for some people are really hot for Australians. I think Australians are just oh, yeah. fine. I think the whole continent is attractive people running away from snakes and then Absolutely. getting attacked by a that, shark. That keeps them in great shape. Yeah, exactly. Is that how the, their, their fitness training works? They just release <laughs> snakes in the studio and everybody runs from them? Snake shark. It right. says, snake shark, we got a snake on one. I just can't do an Australian accent. I tried, but I missed. It's um, not a great sound system at the studio I went to and a really thick Australian accent. And there wasn't really, I'm sorry to say this publicly, there was not a really great orientation session to sort of tell me what was coming, so it felt a lot like P.E. with attractive gay people. And Christopher's hearing and attention span is not what it might be. <laughs> Except when I'm writing a novel, <laughs> Eric Shawquin, or listening to one of your stories. Right? So I was not a fan, but Orange Theory opened up right around the corner from where I live. So I thought, okay, I'll go try it, and they have a heart rate monitor you can wear, which is a great way to say... 
or to determine, am I actually having a heart attack and about to die, or am I just having one of my t- 10 times a day anxiety attacks? Or you could just meet me for breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm having a heart attack. No, I don't think so. I pass the toast. Breakfast with you is way more anxiety-producing than an Orange Theory class because it just it, there's more emotions. It's, just, it's a deeper, more fuller experience. It's but a deeper dive. Yes. It's a deeper <laughs> dive. We're doing deep dives here at this time. Anyway, so I... The rule was I could not go to two classes in a row because they're so fucking hard <laughs> that I would go to two and then I would call you and say, oh, I think I'm getting sick or I'm, I'm dizzy. I have sinus. I think my spleen is about fair, to crawl out of my mouth. You call me and say that after you go to Starbucks. Yeah, no, I think I'm getting sick. Yeah, I think I'm getting sick because it's code for I don't want to do anything. That, that's what that is. Like, so I think I'm going to talk about things that are about avoiding doing the thing that I don't want to actually do. Absolutely. Which I think is very creative. Yeah. So I went to four classes in a row this week. Proving once and for all that two classes will not kill you, either that or you're dead, and you look great. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad I look great, you know what I mean? Because... No, I mean for a dead guy. I walked right into that one, or I didn't see it coming. It was like an open door, and I banged my head on the side of it. But yeah, looks great for a dead guy. That's going to be my new motto. That's going to be the slogan. But I really, like, I was disappointed. Like, I really thought after four classes in a row, I should look markedly different. It like, I should be those, transformed so, after a week. I used to, there was a time in my life when I could skip dessert two days and walk around the block twice and lose 10 pounds. Right. And that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Now it requires, you know, conferences with the North Koreans and long <laughs> negotiations and <laughs> endless hours of starving and exercising and whatever, and then you lose five pounds, and it took six months. But what what works for you? Because you have lost weight recently. We talk about this a lot. You have tr- you diet a lot. You try a lot of different diets. You are very consistent with your diets. We went to New Orleans a few years ago, right. and you were on a diet. Oh my god, that was I the craziest said, diet. Oh my god, I said we must never go to New Orleans again when you were on this diet because it it was it was a metabolism it restart. It was called the, I think it was called the fast metabolism diet, and the. It was it was marginally effective. It was not the most effective diet I've ever been on. I liked it because you got to eat more food. It was not about starving. But depending on which day of the week, mm-hmm. you could eat certain foods but not others. My the one, the one that always still breaks my heart was when we went to Seattle and we were at that restaurant. And if we'd been the next day, I could have had what I actually wanted to mm-hmm. eat. Is- like, it was... Yeah, like some days you could have carbs, and some days you could only have protein, and some days you could only have vegetables. And I, it was very, it was a very challenging diet. It was a lot of work. the The good part about it was that you did actually get to eat food. If you were at home, it was more convenient because you had prepared for it. So ordering on the menu was sometimes a little more challenging. But right. Yeah, that was really my I the the. Cutting back on carbs and eating more protein is certainly, I think, a great sort of... Like and the I think, protein power diet. Yeah, the protein they, power diet was maybe the best diet I ever did. Where Keto is very popular right now. Where is that in comparison to you the know, protein power I'm diet? I'm not an expert on dieting, so 
I'm not going to I make that pronouncement. To differ. I, I think you are closer to being an expert on dieting than I am, and possibly most of the people listening and to this podcast. That's what I'm going to. And so I don't know enough about keto to say that it's this or that's that. But if if this is the nature of keto, then fine, because you are trying for ketosis. That's the the basis of the protein power diet. You are limiting your carbs. You're right. not eating no carbs, but you're eating a very controlled, very limited amount of carbs. Like a half a banana would be more carbs than you could have in a whole day. Oh my God. Like it was very limited, but you could have two steaks or right. you could have a half a pound of bacon or you could have a bunch of cheese or whatever. I mean, the the trick that I read about in the Atkins diet um, advice book was you have to watch out for calorie bombs because those can be a problem with any diet so that if you're on, if you're just eating protein and you go, well, I'm going to have, you know, I won't have any vegetables, but I will have three and a half pounds of bacon, you're giving yourself a calorie bomb that's going right. to have its own effects, even though you're in the spirit of the diet. So I think you have to be mindful of that side of things, which I think is what brings me to, if I were to give anybody advice, it's about being consistent and about limiting consumption. In the end, exercise more right. and eat less. That's actually what works. Sorry. It's really the only thing that actually works. And eating whatever you want is not really going to be... right. There's That's what but, they you know, always right. say. If you do this diet, you can eat all the chocolate brownies you want. Or if you, you do and... this fitness program, you can go home and eat whatever yeah. you want. It's not true. But I think that it's... You also talk about something with me on this topic all the time, which I think is very important, which is what how you define works okay like what is your target for success because i remember going to the gym as a young highly self-conscious narcissistic gay man and expecting that there was going to be some program that was going to turn me into an NFL has player. Has that stopped? The young part has stopped. Oh, okay. Yes. But, but you're still... I'm are, still self-conscious. I'm still very narcissistic. Okay. I'm all still right. all of those things. I just was and I am still completely focused on a fitness program that is about vanity. Although I have to say, heart health has become more important to me over time. It really does sort of... They, they, those things kind of change. Like, I, I think abs and those things are great. But if you're in good shape and have reasonable muscle tone and, you know, you're trying to make manage your weight. You want to shoot for like I, when you're 20, sure, go for it. But try anything. But over time, it gets to be more about like my plan is to like I I see people struggling to get up and down off the curb or in and out of the bus or the car right. or whatever. I'd like not to be there. I'd like to be able to take the stairs for as long as I possibly can. Right. You know, just sort of staying with, staying ahead of whatever, but but not trying to hold myself up to Standards. My favorite is always hearing diet advice from people who are 22. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Kylie Jenner's diet advice. No, not interested. <laughs> when she's 40, I'll be interested right. in hearing her diet advice because then it will actually be a challenge. Right. right now she can eat. She can do like I was talking about earlier. She can skip dessert twice in the week and walk around the block and lose 20 pounds. Right. Like that's that's the joy of being. And and if you're still young and whatever, then eat all the donuts you want. Like right. really, because there will come a time when that's like a special occasion. And you should still have the special occasions. I still had cake on my birthday. Right. And I gained a few pounds on my birthday because it happens a lot faster now than it used to. Right. And I, but I think, and you know, the realization I had to have, even as that young person, was that you are probably, your body type is such that you're probably never going to have the body that you have decided is the most attractive. And you have to learn 
to gradually fall in love with, maybe that's too strong an expression, but gradually come to have affection for what your best possible option right. is. Being the best version yeah. of yourself. I think that's a pretty good thing to shoot for whatever you're doing, is being the best version of whoever you can possibly be and feeling like you've actually made the effort. Right, because like the idea is, you know, like I, I have close friends who have dealt with really serious weight issues their whole life, been seriously, seriously heavy, and they are keenly aware of the fact that if they were to somehow miraculously lose all of the weight they would like to lose, <clears throat> excuse me, if they were to become skinny minis, they would have enormous excess skin on their bodies. You know, like there, there's a lot to, there is a lot that has to be accepted about. It's almost like, you know, I, there is no single ideal weight. You know, like everybody, everybody is within a certain group based on the width of their skeleton and all these different things. I and guess, I just but believe... I think we also have to move away from this idea of everybody needing to look one particular way. Absolutely, that's you what know, I'm talking about. I, I just, I like the idea of size zero or whatever. Even it is like. I, I feel terrible for women, but I will say it has begun to infect men's clothing and fashions as well. Right. Where I'm not that big a person, and if I'm wearing an XL, mm -hmm. like, something is wrong with the sizing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like, yes, I am bigger than I used to be, and yes, I think things probably, I'm not going to be in an extra small anymore, ever, unless I'm wearing it on my hand, but... I'm not really an XL right. yet. And that, so am I being shamed by the, the choices of the fashion? I think fashion design is at maybe its worst place that it's ever been. Yes. I, I think if I was an architect and I could only design houses on a perfectly flat lot mm -hmm. that was in an ideal circumstance and on the perfect block, and only in that way would it look good, then I'm a terrible architect. Right. And if I'm a fashion designer, and I can only design fashion that look good on people who would look good wearing scotch tape and garbage bags, <laughs> yes. then I'm a shitty fashion designer. And I think most fashion yes. designers currently are shitty. You are reminding me of the recent incident where Leslie Jones was trying to get a, I believe it was for the Emmy, she was trying to get a gown design uh, for her, and all the fashion designers said no to her because of her size, as if her natural size was somehow so outside anything that could be expected of them to address. And, and then Christian Siriano stepped forward and I think said exactly what you're saying, which is if you can't design for her, right. you're then, a bad designer. You're a bad designer. Yeah. And I think that that sort of, if you have, if your clients need to have surgery to wear your clothing, mm -hmm. then there is something wrong with your basic skills at designing clothes. I'm, maybe you've missed the point of what clothes are for in the first yeah. place. I, re I also read a recent article which was intriguing, but it was about what very heavy people are put through by medical professionals and where the science that is being quoted is maybe not completely in line with what is actual science about longevity and health. And they're saying now that grip strength is a much better predictor of longevity than weight alone. Huh. That grip strength is about what's actually going on underneath all of that, muscular-wise and bone-wise. Isn't bone that interesting? Yeah. I hadn't heard of that <clears throat> Absolutely. So, anyway. Is this something that you read on a headline that was that you I click on on your or read you this article. Read article I read this article I did not just show up at a social function and say there's you know a JC Penney's was infested by rabid monkeys and everyone says what happened and I say I don't know I just read the headline <laughs> I'm Chris Rice I'm busy right so was it JC Penney's no I, ju I just oh, okay. made that up oh, however okay. there was a news story so, a while don't, ago 
Don't, don't. No, don't. If you work for JCPenney's, don't sue us, because I made up the story about rabid monkeys. Yeah, they're actually, I think, having a really hard time right now. Oh, are they? They're closing a bunch of JCPenney's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, well, they, were, they have no affiliation or connection to rabid monkeys. Okay. However, years ago, there was some sort of scientific facility in Slidell, Louisiana, where some monkeys got loose. And it was like something out of a horror movie. They were just walking down the middle of the road, and they had to go rally them I'm up, just, and nobody knew. So many things are running through my mind that I'm just not <laughs> going to say. I am a Louisiana boy. Yeah. That's where if I was going to call a place home, it would be Louisiana, because I think Louisiana is just about as crazy as I am. And yes. so I feel really comfortable with that. But some of the things we would say about our own home place might mm-hmm. not be the best thing to say on your podcast. Maybe not. And I always like to obey that rule that like my mother taught me when I was very young that if a friend of mine started trashing their parents, that was not an invitation for me to trash their parents. <laughs> that everybody had the inalienable right to trash their own parents. Right. But you didn't necessarily get to join. And it's sort of like your great rule of if your friend is in the midst of a horrible breakup, oh, yeah. don't don't share sides. your honest opinion because they, they will, will get, get back, back together. With their boyfriend, and then they will both hate you because mm-hmm. you said that thing about his boyfriend, even though you were only repeating what your friend said. Absolutely, you have to wait till the other person is dead Absolutely. before you can really express your opinion and prove that you had nothing to do with their actual death. Absolutely. So we talked about how I celebrated my birthday with four punishment Orange Theory classes in well, a row. That wasn't the entire. We also there was a a, a donut gifting. There was. I love Krispy donuts. Krispy Kreme was donuts. brought to me where we are currently working. It was brought to me in two great boxes. The people we were with were afraid to eat any, but I did share. I am an only child, but I have been taught how to share very aggressively and there was by a, Eric Shawkwin. An enormous amount of donuts present, and it was presented in a group setting, so there was. It wasn't like if it was just me at the table. Christopher has actually moved hors d'oeuvres away from me. I did that once, 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago, so and it was after happened. I confirmed that you were not going to be having any. It was in the middle of the table, and I said, "Are you going to have any of this?" And you said, "No, I don't think so." So I picked up the plate and I moved. It towards me so I could eat it faster because that's how only child operates. <laughs> only children, excuse me. Um, so, how many times did your father actually take part of your dessert? Was it hundreds or was it just thousands. the one time? No, it was thousands. The dessert would hit the table and Christopher would look. I'm, I'm, I'm and getting. Your father is not here to defend My himself. My father's not here to defend This is like this, Trump going after McCain. He would look at my dessert and say, Christopher got a bigger piece than me, and the fork of God would come down out of the sky, and within seconds, half of my pie would be gone. Poor little Christopher. (laughs) Suffered so. Yeah. His deprived childhood. Yes. Your birthday was right after mine. Yes, as it always is. As it always is. Later that week, five days later, Yeah, I had my birthday. How did that go, Eric Shaw Quinn? <laughs> well, it was spectacular. You know, it was a big birthday. It was a zero birthday, it was, as they say. It was. Am I allowed to say which one it was? It I was already the posed, six zero birthday. Six I think zero. it's really. I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> we did get you cakes that said blankety o birthday. <laughs> blankety o. Oh, that's so funny. Blankety and then put ca- and then put six zero candles on the cake. So. The secret was So if anybody was looking in through the windows, they could see what your birthday was. Yeah, it was yeah. really, it was pretty clear. Those were beautiful. These, they, they actually spelled out, it was the numbers six zero, and they were 
purple, I think, with glitter on them. They were really You very know, beautiful. our friend Marcus got those. I asked him to do it. And Marcus is the friend Fancy. where I always have a backup friend because I'm never quite sure if Marcus <laughs> is going to get distracted or have other things to do that are more important. So he really brought um, some great candles. But we had two cakes for your birthday. We had we the did. cake that was made out of the cover of your book, Right Murder, which is hilarious. Well, and everyone actually, should go order it right now. It actually wasn't made out of the cover of, of my book. It was actually made out of frosting. And <laughs> because it would be inedible. Yeah, but it looked exactly like the cover of my book. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> we don't have school tomorrow. Tomorrow's Saturday. Just like the cover of the book. Well, it wasn't made out of my book. It was not a paper mache cake. Fashioned after. Fashioned after, I should say. But yes. Sure. So you couldn't read the cake exactly. No. But it was very tasty. And then there was my favorite cake, the princess cake. That's correct, because I could not get your book cover cake made in the flavor of your favorite cake, which is princess tort, which is not to be confused with a princess cake, which it was in another party I had for you. It's not a white sheet cake for little girls with a tiara on it. Not that there's nothing wrong with that. pearls. Pearls and a tiara. The caterer had no idea what I was talking about. It was a beautiful cake, but it was not a princess cake, and I actually spit it out. You did. You spit it out. Luckily, the caterer wasn't there when you did it. But I really kind of wish that he had been. <laughs> he just didn't listen. It was not the kind of cake I wanted. So I had two cakes. One was the princess tort, which is the, my very favorite cake in all the world, and I recommend it to everyone. And then the other was Right Murder. That's correct. It's not available online, but Right Murder is it available. It is, and it's very funny. And I, there, rumor has it there's a sequel in the works. There is more than one sequel in the works. Yes, I'm writing a number of um, Right Murders, and then I'm going to bring them all out at once, at one time, in the not-too-distant future. In a date, TBD, as Stay they say. Stay tuned for when exactly that's going to turn out to be. But um, I'm thinking, uh, you know... <laughs> Not too far away. We have a lot to do. I'm amazed that we were yes. able to get together. When I first pitched you on the idea of coming back to do this podcast, right, which is the dinner party show still exists, and the dinner party show may well continue in its previous incarnation, but this is a new thing that we're doing. TDPS presents Christopher and Eric. But I thought you were going to be like, are you crazy? We can't do this. We don't have time. And it was like, because we had just started um, the latest phase of right. working on the Vampire Chronicles television show. You were working on the sequel to Right Murder. I just released the sequel to Bone Music. Blood Echo has been out for a few months, and there's going to be a third one, TBD. Um, but I thought we can just come in. I went. I was in San Diego. I went down there because two friends of mine, Jillian and Lauren Billings, and Lauren was a guest. You on, have other friends? I have other friends. <gasps> I have other friends who occasionally go south of the Beverly Center, which you are, <laughs> you are not inclined to do, West Hollywood boy that you are. And they were big fans of this podcast, My Favorite Murder, and they were the podcast was doing a live recording in San Diego, and I thought, why not? I'll go. And I went. They got me a ticket last minute. I wasn't even sitting with them. Those women, and which I say with the utmost respect, sold out a 2,000-seat theater two nights in a row on a national tour. That podcast has blown up, and it's just that they sit and they talk about their favorite murders, which is an ironic use of that term. It's really, for me, my response to it, and my response to being in the audience was it was almost entirely women, and it was an opportunity for women to talk about what are the warning signs of a real predator. You know, what are 
um, how do you keep yourself safe? They say they're two stand-up comedians and their humor is very, very dry. Uh-huh. Uh, but they end every podcast with stay sexy and don't get murdered. And when they said it live on stage during this recording, the whole audience screamed it at once. And I, I just got to tell you, two th- I live in an all-male community pretty much here in West Hollywood. 2,000 women screaming at the same time. It's a thing. If they could bottle that energy, maybe we would finally have a woman president. I, you know, it's... The, that we're, I hope that we're, that's going to happen soon. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that is a really unusual. We do live in a very male-centric community. I had the experience of uh, being present at a birthday party that I was the only man there, and it was an entire restaurant of women, and they just sang happy birthday, and it was startling to me because yeah. I wasn't used to hearing it in that time. It's it just, just different. Fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just very different. Very different yeah. than... And whatever. So good, yeah. I hope they get their president soon. In fact, I wish they already had succeeded. Yeah, me too. Um, anyway, but that's a different podcast. Back to your Should birthday. Should we come up with something really clever to say about stay sexy and don't get murdered? I, I we, we maybe we really take hot. suggestions from you. I think what, what I hope happens is that in the course of this new podcast, people will, who are listening to us, will attach to certain phrases and uh, shoot them back at us on the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page. Because we should say that Facebook page is also where we will be posting and promoting this podcast as well, because it is a TDPS enterprise, <laughs> right. if you will. But anyway, we were talk- We keep talking about your birthday, and then we keep getting off your birthday, but it is a time of a time of change. Isn't that mysterious how that keeps happening? I know. We keep talking about your birthday, keep and then we keep about talking then, about me. And then <laughs> the topic, but let me tell you about what I did at Eric's yeah. birthday party. Yeah, no, we went to the beach. We had a great time. Like, I'm not... I'm not particularly. Con- there, I think part of the reason that I don't give a damn about saying how old I am is because I don't feel particularly connected to age. I mean, mm. there's paperwork and documentation, so I think, you know, despite all of the rumors about my origins in a factory somewhere <laughs> outside of Hamburg, um, I, you know, I'm probably the age that it seems that I am. But other than that. I don't really like I remember being 16 and the principal was 60 years old or whatever. And I don't seem like that guy. Mm-mm. I don't. I do, there's I nothing think really... you would. And I say this with the utmost admiration and respect. I think you would be the world's worst principal ever. The school would either just they would put their lessons down and devote themselves to the study of British crime dra- <laughs> drama or, you know, I don't know, but there would the school would stop being what it was. It would become an institution devoted to Eric fun. Shaw Quinn. It would be way more fun, but I don't know if it would meet academic standards. Math would just really suffer. <laughs> we have canceled math. Eric is your principal now. Just no more math. I don't get math. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mathematics has been replaced by witty banter. Stop talking about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, don't bring up math. No, I maybe the kids could teach me something about math. Anyway, so my the, my point in bringing it up was I had this really weird experience. Mm-hmm. It was very unexpected in the process. I, um, I it in California and I guess probably everywhere, but your driver's license is tied to your birthday. Mm-hmm. Like it it expires on your next birthday in eight years or whatever. I'm not even sure how long it is. But this was the year that my driver's license was set to expire. So I went to go do that. And I mean, it is an ordeal here. I had to, I couldn't make an appointment. I could not manage to make an appointment using the actual 
mechanism through which you're supposed to make an appointment with the California DMV, they are so backlogged and so busy because people are so... Because people don't want to pay their taxes. Mm -hmm. I am so tired of living in a third world country because people don't want to pay their fucking taxes. Mm -hmm. If you want first class service, you have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. You can't go to um, Home Depot and expect to be treated like you're at Barney's. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's just not going. If you want to go to Barney's, you're going to have to pay for Barney's. So either stop complaining about the quality of the service or pay for it. Anyway. That's my soapbox. Politi- political soapbox <laughs> moment with Eric Jacquemin. Right. I'm running for local scold. <laughs> I'm your candidate for scold. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so I couldn't do it. I had to go through social media. I had to Twitter shame the California DMV in order to get anybody to pay any attention to me. And then, even then, it was from October to... Like two weeks. It's ridiculous. I went through the same February. thing. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It, that's how long it took me to get an appointment. Anyway, so I went in and I had all my paperwork and my passport and extra backup things because I was going to get a what do they call them? I think it's called a real ID. Yes, that is which what is they're the calling. new thing now. So yeah, you're gonna soon go- not going to be able to board a plane with a current California driver's license as your as your valid form of ID. You're going to have to either have a passport or this new form of ID. Anyway. Which is exactly the same as the old form of ID. It just has a different name, but okay, whatever. Right. Anyway, so I was all prepared to go in and do it, and I had gone through everything. I got bumped ahead in line because I was so well prepared, and I didn't have to wait for my actual appointment time, and I got this wonderful woman who was, she was a little strict, but she reminded me of um, Ugly Betty's older sister. Oh, yeah. I love that actress. She's on my, she's on Whiskey Cavalier, which I love. Eric loves Whiskey Cavalier. I haven't seen it yet. So I'm getting to see her again. I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but she's wonderful. Someone on Facebook will tell us. Yes, tell us that. And uh, it's Bananarama, by the way, did um, I Heard a Rumor. Anyway, um, Right? <laughs> you just remember that? <laughs> Christopher's shaking his head. Of, I don't know. I never heard of them before. No, I heard of them. Oh, okay. I've heard of them. I anyway. just I know what's coming in this story, so I'm trying to go quiet because I'm excited. I'm not excited, but I, I think it's a great story and you tell it well. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear the rest of it, you'll realize why it was shitty to say I was excited. Anyway. So I went to, um, so we, we were going into the, we were, you know, getting through the process and she said, um, you know, can you read the, the eye chart? And I did. And then she said, cover one eye. And if you don't know it about me, only one of my eyes is really like the full deal. The other one, not so much. There Which was has a, not always been the case. It was you, not always yeah. the case, but there was an ischemic event. Mm-hmm which means probably something like a stroke, but nobody was really sure at the time, and it's all been sort of... It's been like a, a mystery tour. We'll do the... Mm-hmm. that's That could be our, our brand. We could be my favorite illness. <laughs> my favorite illness. <laughs> my other pitch was going to be my favorite plane crash, but I really, really don't think that Stay works. sickly. That doesn't stay but sickly. But don't die. <laughs> you might be sick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so one of my eyes doesn't work as very well as a result of it. My uh, left eye is not as good as my right eye. And I had just thought this whole thing was going to be a formality. And so I covered the bad eye and I read it and they said, cover the other eye. And I said, well, I can do that, but I'm not going to be able to read the charts when I do that. And we tried and I really couldn't. And... uh she started saying, well, okay, well, we can hear your options. You can get a note from a doctor and you can come back in. You can take the test. 
actual take a driving test. The truth is I had taken an Uber to the DMV. Like, I don't really drive anymore because my vision is not great. I I was renewing the 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 ID because you need a form of ID and I it just seemed like it was going to be a formality. Like mm-hmm. I hadn't planned to suddenly start stock car racing or something <laughs> later, which I don't know if you need a license for that or not. I might still I, I, be able I hope to do you that. Do. I hope so. I don't know. You're just driving around in a circle. I and don't know. Anyway, yeah. so whatever. I don't know what the deal is with that. But the point is I was just suddenly presented with this situation that I was completely not expecting. I, I was like, oh, and I just, it 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 hit me. I was like, this is it. This is the end of driving. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done. Like, I could have gone and gotten the note, and I could go back. I still could. Well, I could I'm, still I'm... go in and take the test, and we could see. But I said to her, I said, well, is it possible for me to just get a real ID that isn't a driver's license? And not only was it possible, but it was $5 cheaper than a driver's license. So I actually right. left with cash in my pocket because I'd already paid for the driver's license. Anyway, so it was... It was like, oh, no more driving. Mm. It was the it was the moment on this birthday when I actually had some connection to my age. You mm-hmm. know, I've gotten to be that old guy. You know, like I'm the old guy. To be fair, I don't really drive anyway. It's like last year I drove to Gelson's to get poinsettias shortly before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the only time I drove. I buy gasoline quarterly. I go down once a week and start the engine and run it while I'm dusting the car off so that the battery doesn't die. When I met you, you drove so rarely. You had some sort of tax credit or some insurance bonus that you got because your mileage was so low. I get a leisure rate from my insurance company because I don't drive. Like It's like if I owned the car and kept it at my vacation house where I was only two weeks a year. I drive less than 200 miles a year. It's, and it's not like you're using public transportation. We should say that you live in a very walkable part of Los Angeles. West Hollywood is one of the few walkable communities in LA. That's why I live LA. here. Like yeah. I like not having to get in the car. I I'm not I've never been a huge fan of driving. But I, still. But, but still. still it was just it was the realization of like, oh, it's we're I'm there. Yeah, and 2 weeks before your 60th it's birthday. 2 weeks too. before yeah. my 60th birthday and no more driving. Yeah. Sorry grandpa. <laughs> no more you driving know, for you. To be honest, Grandpa only drove five miles last year, but still, still. And the last time I really did a big drive, I went to uh, the Pavilion, which is three miles from the house as opposed to three blocks, like the Gelsons. And I came home, and I, I remember saying to you all, "I think that's the last time that's yeah, going I to happen." I just wasn't sure, but it wasn't about the driving. It was about, oh. I'm older. It's like you catching yourself in the mirror. Exactly. That there are just, you know, there's so much, I don't know if rhetoric, in marketing, there's so much marketing that says to us that if you just follow a certain plan, you will gain total mastery of your body and you will never age or you will age differently the way you want to age. And there are just moments in life where your body says, it's going to be like this. Sorry. And it doesn't say sorry. Other people, if they're nice, say sorry. Your body just says, yeah, no, it's going to be this That's way. how it's going to be from yeah. now on. And we've we've bought into this sort of cultural thing of, oh, you got older, you failed. Yeah. Like, actually getting older is succeeding. Yes. The opposite of getting older is dying. Yeah. So I'm still alive, so woohoo. Right. You know, like, 
I have a great life. I love my life. I didn't drive before, but now I can't. Now it's over. You know, it would just it was just startling. And yeah, there are other aspects of of getting older. Now donuts are a rare treat, not mm-hmm. something that I can have for breakfast. I mean, you can, but the result will be what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, and that's I'm not the thing. willing to deal with those consequences. Yeah. And it's about being the best version, by my judgment, not by somebody else's, right. of who I want to be and being comfortable in the clothes that I want to wear and being able to get around and being ambulatory and being the kind of shape that I want and the kind of health that I want. And that takes, you know, that that's different than it used to be. Uh, the thing that you once said to me about exercise in general that I that I have never forgotten, of many things that you have said to me that I have never forgotten, amongst them, get off my foot, that hurts. Um, <laughs> but you once said to me that whatever you do fitness-wise, it needs to be something that you can do frequently. Like you can't, you have to set yourself up for success and not, and not dismiss possibilities and options for fitness because you don't think they're going to get you right from zero to a hundred in, in one session. You know, it's, it's the stupidity of going to four classes in a row and believing well, all of be, my weight should be, I sustain, should be transformed. Sustainability yeah. is a part exactly. of getting older. Like you have to be able to sustain what you're going to do. Like, Nobody that you see in the movies actually looks like they look in the movies. Not only are there all all. kinds of special effects, but they're literally right off camera doing push-ups and pumping up to look just the way that they look in that instant that you see them, and then they stop looking that way. You're the one who told me about EW did the article about what actually went into the EW cover shoot for the second Magic Mike movie. They actually described what the guys were all doing off camera. It was that. It was, let's do 20 push-ups, and we haven't eaten in four days, and and after this is over, and yeah. whatever. And everybody always says after the red carpet, their first stop is the In-N-Out Burger because right. they've been starving. Everybody has done what they've done to look the way that they look for that minute. And that's great. Nothing against that. Of course, we all do that. You want to look great at your wedding or you want to look great for the special event. Yeah. But what? But in the bigger picture, you have to be able to find a way to live your life that's sustainable, that you can continue for more than a day or more than... I don't know, just I till the red carpet. I remember right around the time I came out of the closet, which was 1997, you know, so like protease inhibitors it, were new. There was a, but to be fair, there was a, the closet had a glass door. I w- I, you, you know what? You should interview some people I went to high school with because I will tell you a lot of people in my life told me I was just pretending to be gay to get my mother's attention. Had they seen, which was, had they seen the red sequin tuxedo? <laughs> I don't know. They, they certainly hadn't seen me you know, with a few of my friends late at night after cast parties. I'll just say that much. Anyway, yes. um, Protease inhibitors were starting, and they were cha- they were. Th- it was like a, a revelation for HIV patients and it AIDS patients. It was an amazing it, it was, moment it in the world. But b- at, by that time, steroids had been used often as a treatment method uh, to combat wasting in, in particularly AIDS patients. I think full blown AIDS patients, and it had gained a strange medical status as a health supplement with gay men. And so there were a lot of just fully steroided bodies at the gay bar, which, which, you know, and some of them were HIV positive, some of them were not. It was almost like it normalized it for guys who were not HIV positive. But the body ideal for gay men, by the time I come out, you always talk about how it used to be Burt Reynolds, right? You know? Yes. For us, it was Abercrombie and Fitch 
that, that catalog was the thing, was starting mm-hmm. to become, a thing. it was Bruce Weber boys, right? And the body was incredibly hard to obtain, and most of the people I knew who had it were not getting getting it naturally, you know? And I, and it, it gives me, uh, um, I think, more of a sympathy for what women go through, because particularly when you said red carpet, like that's where female fashion and beauty standards are often set these days, or on the red carpets at premieres and at award shows. And when we don't talk about what actually goes into those bodies, or when people do talk about them, they're very often dismissed as just being negative or shrill or just making excuses for their own bad behavior. But we we live here, here in Hollywood, and we know. We know the truth. Like, I went to a gym where the trainer that I was working with told me that nobody on staff at that gym had a natural body. Nobody had come by their muscles in an organic way. And he was talking about the men, not the women. So it's just it's it's the accepting the reality of it and and being willing to be consistent and committed to what is actually possible for you. It's a challenge. It, you, it sounds easy when you say it like that. You know, or maybe it doesn't, but it it is really a challenge. You it's know? sustainability. I have really missed this. I mean, I talk to we talk to each other all the time. Really, I mean, it's like but, the radio show all the time, or the yeah. podcast, or whatever you want to call it. Um, you just hear the hour that we've managed to record, but this is every phone call and every drive. Christopher drives me to work because, as you may have heard, yes, I, I don't drive anymore. But to be fair. He wouldn't have let me drive to work even if I still had a driver's license. Nobody was ever really a fan of my driving to begin with. But let me put it this way, and this was before the optic neuritis, is that you are a man of big, elaborate, important thoughts, and you used to have many of them while you were driving a car. And so you just, paying attention to the, you would drive very slowly to allow for this behavior because you knew it was going to, 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 you knew you you were going to have a lot to say directly to the person in the passenger seat. You had very eccentric driving. So that's why I always drove everywhere. I love to drive. I don't love to drive in traffic. Why am I getting so defensive on this topic? Everything's fine, but I enjoy driving you to work because it is like an episode of this podcast. But even if he did it, he would still do it because he hated, <laughs> he hated your fucking driving. We drove to I hated your we drove to the last time Christopher rode in a car with me, we drove to Chalabono's yes. birthday party out at Cher's house at the, the only beach. way you could get me to get in a car with you was to go to Cher's house. <laughs> and I don't think Cher was even there, but Chaz was there and we love Chaz. I don't know. But yeah. it was yeah, it was uh it was it was a good long drive from West Hollywood and uh by the time we got home, there was actually someplace else we needed to go. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I could just drive us there. And Chris was like, no, no, take me back to my apartment now. I jumped out of the car and did, a, what do they call them, a barrel roll, I believe is what the kids say, <laughs> into my drive, the driveway of my building. Yes, absolutely. I will say, in my driving career, I've had one ticket the entire time, and that was really for spite. Yes. From um, a local official in South Carolina who shall remain nameless because... Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. Should we teach everyone our new meditation? <coughs> Fuck them. You say fuck them. I usually say fuck them, but I think fuck them's better. Fuck them. Well, it's the most om-like. Um, it's the most om. Um. It's when you're really, really hating somebody, but you want to be all meditative and serene. So we're doing our fingers. We're doing our fingers. Little, that little circle thing. Fuck them. Fuck them. Anyway, okay. so yeah, so the hell with them. But yeah, it went pretty well, but I was... I. Like, I, I always felt like all of the rules about driving were suggestions. <laughs> you know, like, 
the lanes are here and that's how we're going to not run into each other. But if nobody's in the other lane, you don't have to be all formal. About I like it the, the feeling of comfort I get from having the lane divider under my car. It makes me feel centered. No, I'm just kidding. I'm impersonating. I just, you know, if there are no cars around, like if you drift around, I the one moment that I remember thinking I was driving a friend of mine, we were going over to Hollywood and Highland and on orange on the side, the entrance to the um, parking garage is a little. There's a number of different parking entrances. It's actually quite confusing. It's a little confusing, yes. um, particularly for tourists who are a nightmare there because it's very confusing. It's anyway, very confusing. so I went to go left. The traffic was backed up in in my lane, and so I went to go left. So I just drove into the oncoming lane, and then I realized that that was the wrong left turn. So I just kept driving on the wrong side of the road because I knew I was just going to turn into the um, the next uh, parking entrance. The person I was in the car with did not have that information. It was not me. It so, was someone else. So literally, I was just driving down the wrong side of the road, and it was... I could see how that would be a frightening moment for somebody mm-hmm. else. And I think that was sort of the issue with my driving. It wasn't that I was the most dangerous driver, but it was that I had my own thoughts about it, and they were not traditional, as with pretty much everything I do. However, you have a wonderful vintage car. You used to call it an antique car until I told you that's not what straight people say, and you said, who gives a shit what straight people say? But Vintage Mercedes, what year is it? It's like 19- It's a 1986 Mercedes 560 SL convertible. Convertible, I right. still have it. And the image of you with your long flowing hair driving this car around West Hollywood is an iconic image. My friend John, John Wesley used to say it was like riding with Cruella DeVille. <laughs> it was. It was. Except- I don't have And you used not, to smoke, as yes. we talked about earlier. And so we would, I, when I met you, I smoked too. We both smoked in this car. Sailing down the road with the ashes flying. Anyway, so yeah. So um, how did we get off on my car again? I Back to the driving. We were talking about your driving and we were talking about, I mean, I feel like, I feel like a good <laughs> title for this episode will be Our Bodies Are Hells. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's coming back. It's homecoming. Yeah. Driving home. You're driving home. Okay. Maybe that's the, I don't know. So what did you think? We're almost done out of time. Do you? Well, I want to talk to did people. Did you enjoy doing I it? I loved it. I love doing it. I love that we just get to talk. I love that as your mother, Jeannie Quinn, once said, you two can just go on and on and on forever. Which is Pretty much true. Yeah, and so we hope other people have enjoyed it. But we want to tell people we've said a, I've said a couple times during this episode that we are going to be talking to people about this show on the Dinner Party Show Facebook page. But that also means talk to us and ask us questions and respond to stuff that you liked hearing about. It's not exactly the same show. Sometimes on the Dinner Party Show, we would ask you very specific things and. Have specific contests. And I'm sure that we may do that. That will come again. Yeah, but, but right now we need your help to try and figure out how to do this and what we want to do and what you want to hear about. And yeah, because I mean, our we just want to come in here and kind of be us. I mean, I know that um, a lot of the things that the party people, as we called them, and maybe there will be a different name for the people who like this podcast. Or I maybe like the be, party. Okay, people. they'll be party people. It's decided. Eric has decided. I don't want to change that. So the party people. Uh, would really respond to us talking about stuff that was personal. 
you know, and so we would we would plan a whole sh- or we would script a lot of topics for a show, and we'd be talking about news and politics and entertainment. We'd be interviewing some big famous celebrity, but then we tell some throwaway story that like <laughs> my fried my exploding fried egg. Your sandwich. exploding fried egg sandwiches. Every time you made an egg sandwich Sunday morning before we would come in and do the show, we would also do those shows live for the most part. This, yes, this were rec- pre-recording. You would try to make a sandwich, and the eggs would explode everywhere. So, like, I, that's the sort of personal connection that we're after. And I think that um, the other side of that is that the show is kind of a the it, it's kind of a conversation with the people who listen. So, I to think it. the point is be in touch, and the yeah. ways to be in touch are the Facebook page, the Facebook which is page. the Dinner Party Show Facebook page. Yeah, and then of course the website, thedinnerpartyshow.com. Yes, absolutely. And the podcast we're going to make available in as many places as we can. There are more places. Now, the thing that's interesting, I think it's interesting, is that when we started the Dinner Party Show, it wasn't meant to be a podcast. It was really meant to be a live show, well, and, and we had a podcast. Podcasts weren't really a thing then. They weren't as much a thing, no. Serial hadn't happened. None of those things had really come down the pike before yeah. then. So it was a more sort of... And honestly, people told us that the internet was going on, you, the radio was going on the internet, and so that that was definitely the way to go. They were going to, people would be listening to radio on the internet in their cars, that that yes. was what was happening. That and was the thing, and so that was happen. not the thing. It so didn't happen. But we made a fantastic website, which was great, because we built it around the little player. That's gone, because we don't do live broadcasts anymore, but we are bringing you content now in this way, and we can also bring you a lot more of it and faster in this way. All of frank. those 150 episodes are still available oh, and yes. still fun and still out there and they're available at the website at thedinnerpartyshow.com and also from Apple, I guess, from Yes, on, on iTunes. iTunes. You can yeah. get them on iTunes. They sort of the thing that we learned about podcasts and I, I you were said earlier you were running for local scold. I am routinely going to run for local nerd cuz I geek out about some of this stuff. They're all kind of coming from the same place. Like they're all like you store you store it on your website, and Apple gets it from your website, and it's like the other places get it from the same place. Remember, we we couldn't figure out what are our Apple numbers. But are they really secret? And they're like from your newer website numbers are your Apple numbers. But it really Apple, all comes from the yeah. website. It's anyway. just links that are on iTunes, but they link you back to yeah. our website. Really, so. TheDinnerPartyShow.com is always the best place to find us. And Facebook is a great way to be in touch as well because yeah. it's easier to post to us there. And I, you are not a big social media person. Like you are. Well, I am and I'm not. I am. I do promotional stuff with yeah. social media, but I don't. You don't get a picture of everything I'm going to eat or. <laughs> there's not some, you know, like the, my posts are more about. Bigger picture stuff, and I'll be appearing here. This book comes out there. Buy this. Click this link and buy something. Or yeah, I tend to be more sort of. I don't know that there isn't. Maybe that's the new school with um, internet. Mm-hmm. But I don't like. If you want my opinion, maybe I'll write a book about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, it's certainly the you know if you if there's no more porn on Tumblr, so I'm I'm no longer posting my porn on Tumblr. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I publish my porn. <laughs> Check out my titles from A Thousand and One Dark Nights. The family business. The family business. We have no qualms about porn. You know, I I don't know how much time we have left, but did you know that Donna Rice, of Gary Hart fame, grew up to be, and maybe we'll talk about this on a later episode, an anti-porn advocate and a vocal Donald Trump supporter. I just learned that today. I learned that today because I was watching. The Front Runner, which was a, a Hugh Jackman biopic, 
Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. I paused it to come and do this podcast. Donna Rice um, stole our parking space when that we were waiting for at um, in college outside of. um, She went to your college outside of um, Long Street Theater at the University of South Carolina. She stole our parking space. She cut in. She was whatever, and um, somebody let all the air out of her tires. We will definitely be talking about this on a future episode of TDPS Presents Christopher and Eric. But put it in your calendar, folks. The Donna Rice University of South Carolina episode. Mm, I just, you know, is forthcoming. Heard a rumor. Okay. All right. That's more to talk about. All right. Well, this has been so much fun. And thank you for joining us for our very first episode of TDPS Presents Christopher and Eric. Eric. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a 6,000-star review and hit like, 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 like. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Chris Rice Writer, and you can follow Eric at at Eric Shaw Quinn.